Welcome. Welcome to the Poetry on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics, everything the Lord said, we believe, and we do. We follow the example of the Book of Acts Church, and in doing so, we discover the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created, not the man-made one that is dysfunctional in the world, I'll just call it as it is. It's not doing its job. It's not making the difference that it should be making. But if you are here, you know that, and you're here to make a difference. We dig deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. We take it as it's written. We believe in the full gospel. Everything that's in there, we believe in it. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer, regaining that world-shaking influence the early church had. We believe the fire of the upper room of that day is still available to us, still flows through us, and that's what we walk in. Day of Pentecost is ongoing. If you don't believe that, then you need to listen and maybe listen to some of the older teachings when we talked about the upper room. But hopefully you're here because you do believe and you want more. You know that there's more to this walk with the Lord. If you have any questions about us, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button. You can also write us at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. Praise reports, prayer requests if you have a need. If you'd like to support what we do, and we hope that you will, go to firefalltalkradio.com. At the bottom of the homepage is ways to do that. I'm just asking. I don't like talking about money, but we've had a handful of people that have kept us going, and all at the same time, they're all struggling. So we're struggling. And I'm already starting to cut back. I'm starting to cancel some of the streaming services we've been using. And uh, But if the Lord will lead, you'll help us out. And we appreciate your support, however you can do so, and your encouragement. Send us an email. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Welcome to all the listeners from the various streaming sites that we have up. Write to us, let us know where you listen to us. So we start out with praise reports and prayer requests. And this is the only place that I do it. I do it here live when we stream on Wednesday nights. I do it in the vi- the videos that I'm way behind on, forgive me, that go into the private section in our Vimeo account. But once they go online or I cut it in, into smaller segments, I take all this out. This is just for you. This is just for us. So I want to say I'm thankful that this tropical storm, Elsa, which was briefly a hurricane, wasn't worse. So thankful, thankful for that. I'm also praising Lord for his favor. Had some things happen this week. And normally when things go wrong or don't happen the way they should, I kind of like Samson going and tear the temple down. But the Lord told me not to do certain things, told me to stand down And then everything turned around in the blink of an eye. And as I was driving away from where I was, I heard the Lord say, You have to allow my favor to catch up with you. When we jump the gun, when we don't do that, when we're not peaceful and restful in him, we don't allow his favor to catch up, to overtake us in all situations. So I praise him for that, and I pray for it too. I praise him for my home. For my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, all of our furry kids, I love my family. Family means everything to me. 
I'm very much a New York Italian in that way. I will protect my family at all costs. I'm thankful for this ministry. I'm thankful for you. There are days that I know that if I didn't have this, if I didn't do this for the Lord, and that's primarily who I do it for, I do it for him, I'm not sure um, what those days would be like, but this commitment keeps me going. I praise him for all that we have, all the technology, this home, and for all the things that are coming. I praise him for living in these prophetic times. Oh my goodness, you can't watch the news or pay attention to anything without seeing prophecy being fulfilled. I'm thankful for his favor, his protection, that Psalm 91 covering, which he offers to those who believe in him, for being a new creation, for being born again. As I've said, there was a time I couldn't stand that phrase, and then I became born again, and it made sense. I believe he's getting ready to return. I believe the Lord's coming back. I don't know when, so I can't tell you that, but I do know that he is, and I'm hopeful for it. So I want to pray. I want to pray for that. I want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. I pray for Israel every day. I pray for America every day. Forgive me. I'm having a little bit of allergies and fed a lot of rain. And if I sound very nasally, it's because I am. So um, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm prayerful for our country. We celebrated the 4th of July. No matter what's going on, be thankful for where you are, because it could be so much worse in places where being a believer in Yeshua gets you killed. So be thankful. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, and those that are victims of injustice. I cry out for justice every day to our Heavenly Father. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, and both animal and human. I pray against sex trafficking, and I pray for the victims of sex trafficking. I I just pray that the Lord would do what his word says in that regard, to protect our brothers and sisters around the world being persecuted, slaughtered for their faith. And it's going to get worse. That's what we've been told the anti-Semitism, all the actions of the spirit of the Antichrist we see every day are getting worse. But when it gets darker, we get brighter. So I am praying that you and me and the rest of the remnant, because that's who we are, would get a boldness in the spirit, that we would rise up, answer the call to action, stand against the Antichrist, begin to pray against the things that are not of God, that we would regain our divine design, wholeness, health, and healing. It's very difficult to do what he's called us to do if your body isn't functioning. So right now, if you're listening, whatever you're going through, it's not normal. Now, it may be normal in this world, but it's not normal in according to its word. Start to tell your body that. This isn't name it and claim it. I don't believe in that. I will never promote that. But what I'm telling you, in accordance with his words, we can speak to things, not as they are, but as they should be. So in that spirit, I speak to you and I say, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, be made whole, be delivered, be healed. 
Let his glory shine down upon you and his spirit fill you and be the way he designed you to be in Jesus' name. So be healed, be whole. Pray you're protected, you're covered in that Psalm 91 covering, that he is the shield about you, the glory and the lifter of your head. Praying for inspiration for the remnant to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. Do what you've been called to do. Whatever that is, maybe you don't know. You may not be called to do what I do or what anybody else does. Find your calling. Find out where you fit in the kingdom so that you can serve him. Praying that the blessings would flow, that we could finish the documentary. We get out there and do what he's called us to do. It's very difficult to sit and wait, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and helps us. Praying for our lost family members that they would be saved, that they would come to know Yeshua as Lord and Savior, that they would be delivered and called into his kingdom. I have a personal prayer request for a cousin of mine. His name is John Carlo. He lives in Long Island, New York. He's a younger cousin from my uncle's second marriage. Um, He's about 18 or 19 years old. He got the vaccine and had a bad reaction after the second shot, and it damaged his heart. He's under cardiologist care. He needs prayer. He needs healing. And I'm praying for God to show up and do something incredibly dramatic to show this family who he is so they would come to learn about him the way we know him. The only other one I have is uh, Kim and Fort Mitchell. Mentioned they had the same storm there that we had here. No damages, just rain. She praises him for her salvation and sobriety, celebrating five years in August. And she's thankful. Says, my entire story blows my mind. Five years ago, I fell on my knees and surrendered. I took what no human, he took what no human power could restore and made it new. I'm less than a year away from my degree completion. What a miracle worker he is. I can't wait to see where this is going. She says, I trust you, Father, and I love you. She's asking for prayer. Remember, she mentioned her son, Maurice, um, the scholarship went a little haywire, went a little south. So she is believing God. They've applied for a Purple Heart scholarship that if he gets it would cover what they need when the bill comes due in October. So stand with me in faith for Kim and Maurice that they would get this scholarship package and they would be blessed. Praying for favor over her son and family, salvation of her mother, um, other family members, uh, son, daughter, husband, they they need to know him the way she does. Protection over them. Said, Father, protect our family and our homes. Protect our minds, bodies, and spirits from the enemy. Save souls, Father. Deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory in Jesus' name. But before I pray, I just want to read these two scriptures that he gave me. Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A happy heart is good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. In Psalm 40, verse 17, Even though I am afflicted needy, still the Lord takes thought and is mindful of me. You are my help and my rescuer. O my God, do not delay. So, Father, we boldly approach that throne of grace and mercy as your children, as little children clamoring up into your lap, into the room, 
maybe even knocking things over. Just telling you how much we love you and how excited we are to be in your presence. We ask you to show us favor, divine abiding favor. We ask you to help us, to rescue us, to hear our prayers, heal our broken hearts, heal our broken bodies. We thank you for sending Yeshua to die for us. Shed every drop of blood. Allow man to torture him, demean him, debase him. And he did it all for us because you asked him to. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. Thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. Thank you for staying the course and doing what the Father asked, even when it became unbearable. We're so excited that you're alive. You're not a dead prophet. You're a risen Savior. The tomb is empty. That cross is bare. We don't even know where it is. You sit at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power, and you've allowed us to sit with you in the heavenly places, so thank you. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us and encourage us. And that's what I'm asking you to do right now, Holy Spirit. Touch his children. Speak to them. Let them hear your voice. Let them know what they need to know. I'm asking you to bless this technology. Help us this night, Lord. Let this word go forth the way that you want it to. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Go with me to Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So the Apostle Paul is calling for believers, that's you and me, by the way, to stand against Hasatan's schemes in a spiritual battle that takes place against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He calls for believers to put on the full armor, the whole armor of God, 
It's full due to its divine nature and to its function. The Lord God is a God of completeness, of wholeness, of fullness. He will give you all that you need to get the job done if you'll take it from him. The amazing thing is, as I'm learning this week, because there's been multiple things, multiple favor, things that had gone wrong, things that weren't going right. The minute I let go, the minute I submitted and allowed his abiding favor to catch up with me, to overtake me, those things turned around. So stand. We know the enemy. We know the battleground on which this fight against the enemy will take place. It takes stability. It takes sure-footedness. It takes picking up the entire armor and getting ready for the battle, which we're just about to do because we have a ferocious enemy who is threatening us. He's threatening the kingdom. He's threatening our children. We need to react to that threat. And we need to have faith in place for the retaliation that will come. Oh, by the way, did you think the enemy was just going to run away? Do you honestly believe those memes and those things out there when people say, oh, the devil is afraid and runs when a saint gets on their knees? Do you really believe that? He is psychotic. He's a sociopath. He's a psychopath. He's not afraid. I'll tell you that to frighten you. I tell you that to get you to wake up that this is going to be a battle. That shield of faith we talked about last week, and I want to pick up from there to get to the helmet and the sword. Because we've gone in a progression. We've slowly been getting dressed. But the minute you picked up that shield, you began the preparation process to go out on the battlefield. And then when the helmet goes on and the sword comes out, now we're ready to rock and roll. And that shield... To quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those are those flaming darts that the enemy sends. They've been soaked in oil, hoping to set you on fire. To get into your mind, your heart, your soul, and your spirit. And they don't care what they hit. Your shield, your armor, you, at your feet, behind you, whatever. They just want to hit something and set it aflame. And to quench those fiery darts, the leather that was wrapped around the metal was soaked in water. We need the water of the word every chance over everything. And when we apply that to our warfare, it means evil thoughts. It means lust and passions, temptations of every kind, the kind of things that are put out by our faith in him. No matter what's going on, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad you feel, A, don't speak it out loud and give the enemy any credit. B, start speaking faith. Start speaking the word. And you'll see that your spirit man will expand. He will be magnified. He will be edified. And he'll begin to take over the flesh as well. 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted 
beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. That you may be able to bear it. Nothing happens unless he allows it, and if he allows it, he's in it with you. Never forget, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter who you're dealing with, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God, your Abba Father, for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Messiah and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. See, we're, we're moving. We're moving from the shield of faith. We're moving into the mind. But remember, the breastplate covers the heart, the thoughts and intent of the heart. That's why it takes the whole armor of God to get this job done. But James tells us something in verse 13 of chapter 1. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. This is one time we don't want that birth to happen. We don't want it to become full grown. We don't want those thoughts. We don't want those things that you're choosing to do to dull the pain. The choices you're making for a momentary relief, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be something extremely sinful like pornography or alcohol. It could be playing video games so that you block out the world instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing. Anything that interferes with you getting the job done becomes bondage and sin for you. So this ties right into 1 John chapter 2. Starting verse 15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. See, when somebody comes to me with a problem and says, hey, I need deliverance from smoking, or I need deliverance from pornography or alcohol or whatever, I usually look at them and say, no. And that's the manifestation of whatever it is you need deliverance from. See, you're just doing those things to cope and to cover up pain. We need to pull the root on the weed. But if you don't do that, Satan and the fallen and their demonic offspring are going to send those flaming darts your way to set you on fire. Maybe it's the fire of passion for someone in something or something that you shouldn't have. Maybe it's a, a, a thought. Maybe it's a false teaching. You know, folks, don't think that everything Hasatan does is so diabolically satanic you can obviously see it. No, he's a deceiver. He's a tempter. He beguiles. 
be on guard for any fiery dart, anything that would cause you to slip up. He wants to destroy you, whether it's enticement to sin or enticement away from the word. Unbelief, the sudden temptation to do wrong, thoughts of words that wound and torment the soul, yours or someone else's. We're always in process. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how much word you know. It doesn't matter, no matter how much battlefield experience you have. We're all in process. And the enemy will come at us in areas that he already knows are our weak points. Guard them. Cover them up. Because those arrows are going to fly in suddenly. The unexpected attacks to knock you off guard, knock your armor out of place, knock that sword out of your hand. Get in the word. I mean, I'm serious. Open that Bible, open whatever it is you do every day and get in the word. Don't don't just do drive-by prayers or, hey, I'm going to take a little sip of word this morning before I turn on ESPN or check Facebook. No. Start with him. End with him. As I was working on this, and and I I can feel it, this frustration, Richard, why are you belaboring this? I'm going to tell you again, and you can believe me whether you want to or not. Some of you know who I am in the Lord. I don't say anything lightly. I am telling you, brothers and sisters, there's something coming. That is beyond the scope of your imagination. That you must get ready for. My call is to get you ready. Now that does not mean that I won't expect that at some point I may have to come help. That's what the sheepdog of the great shepherds do. They run out there and they engage the wolf. They don't give up. They don't run away. They don't look at the sheep as he's wandering off into the wood and go, Go on. You deserve whatever happens to you. No, their instinct is to protect, to run out, defend, retrieve. It'd be real easy to quit. It's always too soon to quit. I know getting weary and waiting for that harvest. Boy, do I know that. I know about struggle. I mentioned to you about the porch's finances. I don't like talking money. I can't stand talking about money. But for the first time in a long time, we're back in that place. But I'm okay. If I have to shut everything down, I will. I don't think he's going to do that, but I'm willing to do whatever he says to get it done. Second Peter 3.17, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, Beware, lest any of you fall into fall from your own steadfastness, that's the shoes of peace, being led away with the error of the wicked. That shield of faith knocks down all these attacks because what? The Lord is the strong tower, the righteous run to it and are safe. Proverbs 18.10 Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. I'm starting to get excited, so... Forgive me if some of these words come out wrong. Boy, this feels good. I haven't felt this all day. Uh, Psalm 64, 1 through 4. 
Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, their bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. We live in a fallen world. This is not our home. There are going to be moments where you're going to feel down. There are going to be moments where you're going to cry out to the Lord, help me. But know this, you're his child. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Faith. Faith in him. Faith in his word. Faith in his nature. Faith in his guarantees. That helps you to overcome the sin and evil of this world. That you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. That you are an overcomer. And I know there are days, there are moments, you feel like anything but an overcomer. At those moments, look down at your feet. Are you standing in peace? Are you standing with him? Have you wandered off? Have you followed your own ways? If you have, run back. Run back to him. Repent. Get right. Close that door. Get the enemy out of the camp. Hasatan is the ruler of this world. He's the God of this age. And his attacks are not going to end until the Lord comes back and ends them. So let's be ready. Stand, therefore. Now we're going to take up the helmet of salvation. It's the helmet that comes from the Lord. It's been given to us by Messiah. He bought it with his blood. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6-8. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation. You've been saved. You've been bought. You've been redeemed. You have hope because you have salvation. Your hope came from him. It comes from him. No matter what the conflict, no matter what's going on, your hope is in him. When I I got saved in October of 88, got into the praise and worship of the late 80s and early 90s, which I still prefer because it was singing the word. It was singing scripture. I was repeating the word. I was edifying my spirit, man. I was feeding him, and I was getting stronger. My hope is in you, Lord. Find the songs. Begin to war in the spirit. That helmet, it's got to be there because it defends your head. One of the things about martial arts and fighting and warfare is the old saying, kill the head and the body dies. You can't take a lot of shots to your head, to your mind, and last. Get that helmet on. Keep your thoughts guarded. Keep them in line with the word. Stop speaking things that you shouldn't be speaking. 
Don't make a negative confession. Don't give the enemy any credit. Our hope, our salvation comes from him. And a soldier, both natural and spiritual, doesn't fight well if they think they're going to lose. They have to have hope in victory. They have hope in the commander or the captain of the host. And we know that no matter what happens, what our destiny is, there's no disappointment. So when you had that helmet, after you picked up the shield of faith, you're ready. Your armor's in place. You have a new identity. Do do you understand who you are? You're not of this world. You're not who you used to be. I like the fact that Kim, when she sends in her stuff, always talks about who she was and who she's not anymore. Because the enemy is going to come and remind you of your past. I just tell the enemy, I don't know who he's talking about. That Richard does not exist anymore. The Richard that did those things is dead. I'm a new creation. I've been born again. I have a new life. I have a new identity. My identity is as his son, as his servant. I don't go to church. I am the church. And when I come together with other people, I fellowship with them. Whether it's in our home with my family or it's in a building I go to somewhere. Maybe it's outside. Doesn't matter. I am the church. You are the church. And no matter how much I say that, I see some of you talk about church as if it's a building or a denomination. It's not. I pray you get delivered of that. There are no walls in this church. We're the bricks. He's the foundation. He's the cornerstone. And if we could get that right, if we could understand that, if we could move in that, boy, the enemy would take a beating instead of us playing catch-up or on defense. We should be attacking. We should be on the offense. We should be proactive instead of reactive. But we're so far behind in this battle. We're reactive. We're trying to defend. We're trying to take back ground that was originally ours. Satan is blinding the minds of even believers. Just think what he's doing to the fallen world. Romans 8, starting verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, to the Ruach, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Because the carnal, fleshly mind is enmity. It's hatred against God. It cannot be subject to the law. And will refuse to do so. I don't live by the law. I've been redeemed from the law. But I do what I do. Out of love. You don't have to tell me what to do. I do it because I love him. 
Don't be conformed to this world. I wish I could name names, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. Listen to me. Whatever part of the world that has you in bondage, flee from it. Turn it off. Get away from it. Stop paying for the streaming service. Whatever it is, stop in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. For your sake, for your family's sake, for the kingdom's sake, for your children, whatever it is, stop. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. That even means spiritually. You're not conformed to its superficial values or customs. You're transformed. You've been changed. You're spiritually mature. Your mind has been renewed. It has godly values and ethical attitudes. And that way you prove to yourself and to the world what the will of God is. His perfect plan and purpose for you. Ephesians 4.23 Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because the primary battlefield is your mind. See, that's enemy, the enemy's game. If they can get into your mind, they can defeat you. I've seen competitors, that's what they do. They get in the other person's mind, they get them to react, they get them to get angry or to doubt themselves. I've mentioned this before, but um, when I was a younger person, I almost became a competitive bodybuilder. I had the opportunity, but the contract was withdrawn when I refused to do the steroids. But I studied and I watched and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, is an actor and governor of California, was a very famous bodybuilder and he wasn't just really good physically, he was really good mentally. And he'd walk up to one of the competitors who might give him some trouble and he would admire them, he would compliment them and say, wow, if you just had one more week You'd have had it all and walked away. And now that person in their mind thinks they're a week off, that they're not ready. They're not in good enough shape to beat him. And he went out there and he would defeat them. They're called mind games. The enemy plays them all the time. Because the God of this world, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God. And how does he do that? Second Corinthians 11.3, the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning. Your minds may be corrupted, corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Messiah. Don't let the enemy get in your head. You're not a failure. You're just going through a rough time. You're not a loser. You're a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Most of all, you're his child. See, if he can attack the mind, he can corrupt the heart. And if he can do that, he can disrupt the relationship with the Lord or interfere with it completely. 
That's why I talk about getting back to basics, the red-letter basics, which also means the simplicity of our devotion to Yeshua. We start at the cross, and from the cross, we go to the empty tomb. From the empty tomb, we go to the upper room, and from the upper room, we go out into the world to do what we've been called to do. That's the simplicity. Well, I hope you're getting this. I hope this is getting through because I know some of you are struggling right now. The enemy's knocking you around pretty good. And really, all you want to do is crawl up in a fetal position, cover up, and wait for the attack to end. But I'm telling you, no. Stand up. Rise up. Fight back in Jesus' name. Take these scriptures I'm giving you every week and take notes, write them down, highlight them, put them on your phone. Do whatever you have to do to be able to reach for them in a moment's notice. Because when the battle pops off, you you may not have time for that. Get them in your spirit, get them into your mind, memorize them, feed on them. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. And once you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the other. Satan wants you to look where he wants you to look. Social media is not designed to help you. Actually, social media is a construct that actually was birthed by the CIA to manipulate people, to gather information. It wasn't created so that you can stay in touch with Grandma. It was a deceptive mechanism. Do your homework. I used to talk about it on Reflections in the Dark and on Overwatch. Do your homework. Find out what social media is really all about. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. The Lord says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways. Your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For Let me start over. Let me get this right. Isaiah 55, starting with verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And what is that tied to? Psalm 94, verse 11. The Lord knows that the thoughts of, knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. If your brain is not transformed, if your mind is not redeemed, your thoughts are futile. If if we were in a room together right now, I would stop, just like I did there a second. And I would say, what are you thinking right now? What's going on in your mind? Maybe you need to make note of it. If you're taking notes or use the note app on your phone, What are you thinking about right now? What is the Spirit revealing to you about your thoughts? Self-condemnation, doubt, fear. It 
See, as I'm, as I'm speaking in the Spirit speaking and teaching, He's speaking to you individually, personally. He's revealing things. He's pulling things out of the boxes in the closet. We know from Genesis 6 that the Lord did what he did because the thoughts and intents of the heart of man was only evil continually. And that's why he destroyed everything except what was on the ark and Noah and his family members. A wicked heart and mind and spirit leads to destruction. But we're not we're not of that kind. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, once you have that sword in your hand, everything else has been defensive. The sword is the first offensive weapon. Then next week we'll talk about prayer. That's like the ne- That's like the nuclear weapon. You've got that sword, but you have one more bomb to drop. That's prayer. What is the sword of the Spirit? Now, I know if you watch the videos, you can see behind me, I have two swords leaning against the wall. Actually, I have swords pretty much in every room. But I can't carry that around with me, at least not yet anyway. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of whom, to whom we must give account. That sword of the word, that sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's your offensive weapon. It's the weapon the Lord used against Hasatan in the wilderness. He spoke the word to him. That's all he did. Didn't have a conversation with him. Didn't rebuke him. Didn't remind him, oh, by the way, if you remember, I'm the one who kicked you out of heaven. I'm the one who put your buddies in the pit. I'm the one who's going to judge you at the end. No, he didn't do any of that. He gave us the example of the word of God. The sword is necessary and a vital part of your armor. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Didn't like the Goliath sword? There's none like it. There is none like it. The enemy can't stand against it. Even when I was a baby Christian in the middle of the warfare that I got sent into frontline battles, even before I probably should have been, I knew enough to know the word. And what I couldn't remember was written down so I could grab it at any moment. Are you committed to learning the word or are you still doing What inspired the porch in the first place in March of 2010? Are you still little birds in a nest waiting around for pre-chewed, regurgitated word? Are you still living off of my revelation? Are you running here and running there and listening to other people's revelation and thinking you've done something? I don't want other people's revelation. Matter of fact, 
If you send me stuff, I probably won't watch it. Because the Lord told me to stop, to listen just to him, to not be tainted by what they're saying, nor be influenced. If you hear it from me, it's because I've heard it from the Lord. What are you hearing? It is written. That's what he said to Satan. It is written. Written in his heart. Written in his mind. Written on paper. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11 Please, please listen to me. Don't just show up here out of obligation. I am never going to lay down like a little snack on the table and say, Hey, we're just going to snack tonight. No, I'm going to do what my spiritual father and mentor taught me. I'm going to lay out a banquet for you. And you can eat as much of it as you want to eat. You can get as strong as you want to get on the food that you're fed. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to do anything more than get you ready because I care about you. I care about what happens to you. I care about what happens to your home, to your family, your pets, your possessions. I stand in the gap. I fight. I don't sleep a whole lot. My wife can tell you that. I spend a lot of time in prayer. Standing in the gap. The Lord will never look at me and say he sought someone to stand in the gap and could find none. That sword of the Spirit is always ready. It's always sharp. It's not dented. It's not rusted. I'm not perfect by any means. The enemy slips in a shot every now and then. Probably more often than I'd like. But I'm not going down. I'm not backing down. I'll I'll fight for you. No matter what it takes. James 4. Verses 7 and 8. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. But that's all they tell you. They don't tell you. Verse 8. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands you sinners. Because you can't come near him with dirty hands. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you want the relationship with him that I've been talking about, that David had, and remember, David had this relationship without salvation and without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Based on love, based on passion, based on intimacy, then you've got to cleanse your hands. You have to purify your hearts. You have to come to him in humility, with loyalty, and seeking relationship. Let me say that again. You have to come to him with clean hands, a pure heart, with humility, in loyalty, and seeking relationship. Because that's what he wants from you. But we're talking about warfare, so let's get back to that. It's constant. It's ongoing. Remember, until the Lord comes back and subjects him, we're in a battle. And we cannot stop pushing back the enemy 
We cannot allow him to overrun us. Psalm 144, verse 1. Blessed be the Lord, my rock and my great strength, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Psalm 149, verse 6, one of my favorite scriptures. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Let the high praises of your heavenly Father and His only begotten Son be in your mouth and a two-edged sword, the Word of God, be in your hand. As we get closer to the end, like I said, we'll talk prayer next week. We have to do our part in this war until he comes and does his. Until he leaves the throne room and comes with the saints and the angels and ends it all. We have to do our part. And when he comes, he's not coming as a lamb. He's not coming as some hippie out of the 70s Jesus freak movement. He's coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. His eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head are many royal crowns. And he has a name inscribed on him which no one knows or understands except him. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, dressed in fine linen, dazzling white and clean, followed him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, his word, with which he will strike down the nations. And he will rule, he will shepherd over them with a rod of iron. And he will tread the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, in judgment of this rebellious world. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But until that day comes, until he splits the sky and does that, sets down on the Mount of Olives, we need to tarry. We need to occupy. We need to do what we've been called to do for our sons and our daughters, our brothers and our sisters, our husbands and our wives, for your neighbors, your friends, and even people you don't know. You need to stand, and when having done all, to stand. And if I can just get a small number of you to do this, oh my goodness, what a difference we could make. Just think if we all did it. Just think if millions upon millions of believers, born-again believers all over the world, would begin to hit on the enemy, pound on the enemy, pound on his walls, pray against him, pray against human trafficking, pray for every hidden thing to be revealed, for all these things to be torn down, rooted up so that he can rebuild. If we all began to hit it simultaneously with ferocity, just think what could happen. But I know that it'll just be a small remnant that will. And I'm okay. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep swinging. I'm not going to quit. So, Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Lord, Savior, King, High Priest of the Order of Melchizedek, 
wonderful Savior, mighty Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I could go on and on and use up the rest of my time by mentioning all of your names, but I'm going to mention them all in one. Abba, Papa, Daddy, please touch us. Please heal us. Please deliver us. Please send those blessings so that we can serve you and do what you've called us to do. Get people saved, healed, and delivered and destroy the work of the enemy. Kick down some gates. Plunder some strongholds. Set the captives free. Live out Luke 4.18. I speak to my brothers and sisters on your behalf. I speak into their hearts, their minds, their bodies, their souls, their spirits. I speak into them that they would know you totally, completely, utterly on every level. That you, your glory would fill every part of their being. That all the wounds would be washed away. That all the hurts, all the failures, all the the thoughts that are not of you would be taken away. All the pain in body, mind, soul, or spirit would be taken away. I pray that you would do for them what you've done for others, what you've done for me. That your fire would fill them and consume them. That your zeal would, would drive them. And most of all, I pray that they would know your love for them. As Father, I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.